0: Welcome to Trust Matters, the podcast, where Charles H. Green, CEO of Trusted Advisor Associates and co-author of the best-selling book, The Trusted Advisor, answers your questions and offers wisdom on how to build stronger relationships with clients and colleagues.
1: Hi, it's Charlie Green again with Keeper of the Records, Jason Gluskin. Jason, I understand we got a thought-provoking query today.
0: Oh yeah, Charlie, this is a hot topic today for sure, one that I personally experienced recently. Rachel writes in to say, Charlie, I don't know if you've dealt with ghosting, but I just ran into it big time. I run a small IT consultancy, and I routinely depend on subcontractors to leverage the work that I do. I've got a few standby contractors who I have a good relationship and good experience with, but several times a year, I have to seek out somebody new to deal with a particular set of expertise. So recently, I needed a new freelancer. I found him on the web, we emailed, and then video conferenced. I walked through the requirements. We discussed approaches, fees, working protocols. He gave me a reference, which I followed up on, and we agreed to go ahead. We set some milestones with our first one a week later. So I spent a few hours gathering all the credentials, outlines, and documents that he would need to get started. The week comes by and passes with no updates. I reach out to find out why I heard nothing. Crickets. I reach out again, first by email, then by phone. Again, no answer. Now we're past our first deliverable and the client is getting antsy. I realize a few days in, I've been ghosted. I had a similar experience about a year ago with a guy that I went on a few dates with. One day, he simply disappeared. Then, just like now, I was hurt, flustered, and outraged. But I chalked that up to a bad dating decision. I never thought this would come up in business. I mean, who does that? I've talked with some friends about this and come to find out that they've all had similar experiences. Is this the new normal? Is this a millennial technology issue? More importantly, what should I do? Should I be resorting to tighter legal contracts? Should I try and disparage this person? Is my people radar just bad? How do I prevent this from happening
1: again? Uh, Rachel, I feel your pain. And I too am hearing about this kind of thing more recently myself, though I haven't been a victim of it myself for many years. For those listeners for whom ghosting is a new term, here's the Urban Dictionary's definition. Quote, the act of suddenly ceasing all communication with someone. The subject is dating, but no longer wishes to date. This is done in hopes that the ghostee will just, quote, get the hint and leave the subject alone, as opposed to the subject simply telling them he she, uh, he or she is no longer interested. Ghosting is not specific to a certain gender and is closely related to the subject's maturity and communication skills. Many attempt to justify ghosting as a way to cease dating the ghostee without hurting their feelings, but it in fact pro- proves the subject is thinking more of themselves as ghosting often creates more confusion for the ghostie than if the subject kindly stated how he or she feels. Notice this definition defines the term mainly in terms of dating relationships, but it surely seems to be moving into business, as many HR folks have noted recently. First, let's be clear. If anybody listening to this thinks that ghosting is a good idea, let me disabuse you of that notion. As the dictionary points out, it is a sign of immaturity, at best, It is self-oriented, for those of you who know the trust equation. That's the factor in the denominator that destroys trust disproportionately. There is nothing, nothing good about ghosting. Don't do it. Ever. Just don't. And if you think that doesn't apply to you, ask yourself whether you've ever put out an RFP or request for help to some vendors, and then decided to just stop replying to those who didn't end up being right for you. As a vendor myself, I can tell you that happens about 20% of the time with inquiries that we get, There's even a label for it on CRM systems. It's called DNR, or did not respond. If you've done that, you've ghosted someone, even if it was before the term arose. So look in the mirror or your past emails and ask if you've taken the easy way out by simply stopping to respond. And stop doing that. Don't do it again. But now let's turn to your situation, Rachel. What do you do when someone ghosts you? Basically, you've got four choices. Number one, you can keep hounding them. Number two, you can reach out open-mindedly to give them yet another chance. Number three, you can publicly shame them. Or number four, resolve never to do business with them again and move on. Uh, Frankly, only option D, number four, is any good. Do you really want to do business with someone like that after they've ghosted you? It's a pretty good indication of bad character and an indication you should take to heart. And don't waste your time and energy on seeking vengeance. Resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. So, what can you do if you're ghosted? Honestly, nothing. More importantly, what can you do to keep from being ghosted in the future? Because prevention is the only useful action when it comes to ghosting. Here are five steps you can take to reduce the chances of it happening again. Number one, tell this story to any new subs early in your conversations. Don't tell it in terms of outrage, but in terms of saying you really want to have an open dialogue. If there's a problem, you want people to come to you directly and discuss it. Number two, On your first assignment, don't go full trust right away. Make sure you've got a backup solution or an intermediate checkpoint, something that ensures you against negative outcomes. It's not a bad idea to give someone a trial run anyway. Number three. Now, Here's a couple of counterintuitive suggestions. First, share something personal about yourself in early conversations. People tend to reciprocate and they're likely to respond similarly. People are more likely to come to you with conflicts if you've had some level of interpersonal sharing than if they think they really don't know you anyway, so what the heck. Similarly, take a small risk on them. The logic here is that, again, people tend to reciprocate. If you trust them, they're more likely to be trustworthy with you. That might mean a small upfront payment, or sharing of some intellectual property, or sharing of information about your own business. Your choice. The point is to take a risk so that they'll take a risk on you. Finally, do video calls. Search out their background and talk about it. Where did they grow up? Go to school. Do you know people in common? People are far less likely to ghost you if they feel that they know you and you know them. You'll notice these are all small ways of increasing trust up front. Establishing trust up front is the best inoculation against the violation of trust later by someone who is vulnerable to the immature and destructive act of ghosting. And, not that it's your job, but doing so will help add to the emotional maturity of the contractor and make things a little bit better in the world at large. Not a bad deal. Reduce your risk. Help fix a tiny part of the world at the same time. Be an ambassador of trust.
0: You've been listening to the Trust Matters Podcast with Charles H. Green. Send us your questions about trust, relationships, and business at podcast at trustedadvisor.com. And visit trustedadvisor.com for tons of free articles, videos, and more.